All right. Good morning. Uh, what is one of the best ways to show your team that you're committed to them? Your your the team on your business, your coworkers or whatever. Um, Another way to think about this is, is as employees, what do we all look for uh, when we're selecting an employer? We look for things like location, quality of life, school quality, accessibility of bike trails. At least that's a big thing here in Fort Collins and Loveland. Um, pay and, of course, benefits. So how can small businesses and startups uh, compete with established companies when it comes to benefit packages? It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Hi, I'm Steve Krause with Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast where we blend your passion with proven business principles and practical action. This isn't about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about taking those proven principles and using them in unique ways to create solutions that work for you and your business. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to do this week. Um... A uh, couple of announcements to make. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to switch to Thursdays. So this will be the last uh, podcast slash live stream on um, Wednesday morning. We're going to switch to Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock, same time, different day. Uh, so hopefully that'll work. The other thing I wanted to mention is that we're going to go through, um, and I won't be monitoring the comments during the program itself, but when I'm done with my, my, uh, uh, prepared, uh, live stream. Uh, I will go through the comments, uh, in, uh, the YouTube stream and, and respond if there are any. So, um, go ahead and throw comments down and, and I'll answer questions at the end of, at the end of the show. Uh, aside from that, what are we going to cover today? Well, we're going to go through and talk about, uh, benefit packages and <clears throat> excuse me, how can we scale benefits for small business owners I got the wrong camera again. How did I do that? I will get this right eventually. Backing up a little bit, how do we scale uh, businesses or, or benefits for small business? Um, I'll provide some examples of how and why to do that, some challenges associated with it, and then some pitfalls and some obstacles to watch out for as we go through uh, and, and create benefit packages for our employees. Okay, so why would we, what, well, what do I mean when we talk about scaling benefits in the first place? Well, the first thing we have to, to think about is um, that we can't always have the complete, a complete suite of benefits when we're starting our business. We simply might not have the cash or the capital to fund a, a huge benefits package that a larger company could, could afford. And so how do we, but at the same time, you may have, um, you may be competing for employees who are expecting them. So how do, so when I talk about scaling benefits, I'm talking about putting together a program to get from where you are, what you can afford to where you want to be. And how do you uh, create that and articulate it in a way that's meaningful to your coworkers or to your employees? Uh, and well, and so that part of that is, is the planning and part of it is having a documented a set of criteria that allows you to um, increase benefits as the <coughs> as the financial condition of your business changes or improves. The business principle involved here is the commitment to your employees. So how do you show commitment to your team um, so that, you know, basically they know that you care on top of being able to compete with, with uh, 
other entities. So we talked a little bit about this already, but why would you bother to provide a scaled benefit package? Well, when you're in a startup with growth potential or whatever, your prospective employees may be professionals who are comparing your your opportunity, the, the idea of working for you, with the idea of working for uh, another company, a large, maybe a Fortune 500 or, or, or something, where they already have an established benefits package. And, and your job as a startup is to still... Uh, generate interest for a talent pool that may have a lot of options. And so we want to give them as much as we can, but we may not be able to give them uh, a, a specific benefit, but can we provide them a pathway? That's why we scale our benefits and that's why we document it. So we create an environment where they know that, yes, today we don't have uh, paid parental leave, but we do understand that that's important to you And we want to show you that we value that and we have a plan to get there. So when we can't offer all of these benefits immediately, we create a plan to do so. Uh, And and we want to publish that plan so that uh, you can not publish like on the Internet, but you want to make it a documented permanent thing so that you can attract that talent so that you can say this is the plan. We do have a way of getting from where we are to where we want to be. Um, you may be a local small business that's trying to compete with larger companies for talent. You may be a local retailer competing with a big box store or, uh, uh, you know, a, a local barbershop competing with, with a chain. How do you make sure that your employees get the best that you can offer them? And uh, we want to give them incentive to stay with us versus something else this also incentivizes these uh, our employees, our coworkers, to find new innovative ways to make the business stronger so that we can achieve those financial goals because it has a direct impact on them. If we achieve those financial goals, we implement some portion of the benefits package and they know what that's going to look like. So that's important. So I wanted to go through and we are going to swap over to a desktop screen share here and hopefully up. Yep. There we go. All right. So this is just an example of a small benefits, uh, package that, uh, I put together, uh, to, to demonstrate this concept. So as we look at this, you're going to see that, um, I need a highlighter or something, but you can see right here, uh, the financial condition or the, uh, I'm sorry, the benefit is in this column, all right? And then across the top, we have the financial condition that we've established to, um, uh, that we want to meet before we can implement that. Now, this is just a, 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 an example. So don't get caught up on the numbers that I've written down or even the benefits that I've chosen uh, because benefits change from industry to industry Um, even geographically, what's important to, uh, people in Colorado or people in Fort Collins or Loveland here may not be at all important to the people in your area. And, and so bear in mind that this is simply a group of examples that I put together, um, but you can tailor it to whatever you want. So the idea is, okay, we have a baseline, for example, like in column B here, we have a baseline of benefits and maybe that's some amount of paid time off and medical insurance. Obviously, medical insurance is a big deal right now. We have the um, opportunity to provide that. 
or maybe it's something that's really important and we can't compete without it or whatever. Um, that's our baseline. That's where we're going to start. But then we say, okay, well, when can we implement maybe dental and vision insurance? So that's the next tier in this example. And what I've done here is saying, okay, if we have $250,000 in the operating account, we'll go ahead and start funding um, the dental and vision insurance in addition to our standard medical. And you just sort of walk down the line. You say, okay, well, could we start managing a 401k? And you say, all right, uh, what would it take to do that? Well, let's say we want to have four hundred or uh, $100,000 in savings and that's the financial criteria we want to use to create that benefit. So we'll implement that benefit when that happens. Um, now, this is, I should say right now, that the intent for me when I did this document, and certainly you can uh, make your own uh, decisions, uh, is that each one of these is subsequent, is, each subsequent column is in addition to the column before it. So the expectation would be that we would not implement the uh, 401k until we had $100,000 in savings and $250,000 average in our operating account at the same time. And uh, so then, uh, and you'll notice I've got profit sharing in orange. That's a little bit different. So I'll talk about profit sharing in a moment. But then you move on down to the next column. You say, okay, now that we've got $250,000 average in our operating account, $250,000 average in savings, um, now we'll start matching the 401k maybe. And then the next thing is we want to say, all right, we want to be able to have a PTO buyback. And there's debate about whether or not employees should be able to buy back vacation or we should actually let them or encourage them to take that time off. Uh, certainly we want to have um, time off to, to vacation and reset the reset our, our spirit or whatever. But uh, for the purposes of this example, if we want to provide a PTO buyback or a PTO carryover and PTO being paid time off, um, we want to have a specific uh, criteria. And in this case, what I said was we need to have the liability reserve available to cover that expense. So what that means is we want to be able to take, we want to have the cash in a reserve account that would cover it if the liability for that, meaning every employee said, okay, I want to, uh, I want to sell the vacation that I can back to the company. If every company did that at once or every employer, or <laughs> I'll get it. Every employee did that at once. We want to be able to cover that expense right there without hitting our savings, without hitting our, our operating cash. We want it to come out of an account that is specifically designed, whether you, we, you hold that reserve in the payroll account or, uh, you know, in your accounting ledger or whatever. Um, we want to make sure that that reserve is held aside so that if every employee exercised that benefit, it would not impact the savings that we have or the operating account that we have uh, or the operating amount that we have. So that's why I said employee liability reserve. So the idea is that this can be, um, it might not be a hard number. It might have to be a number that is going to fluctuate and you're going to have to build in some, some intelligence into that when you design your system. 
um, in order to make sure that you're you're creating an environment where you can succeed, but where also the employees can win. So they they see that there's actually a way to get to where they want to go. And then finally, in this particular example, I said, all right, we're going to have $5,000 or $500,000 in savings. And at that point, we'll start uh, um, some other program, which I actually didn't put an example for that here. But uh, that's, that's the chart that I put together. And so it just to kind of summarize, you have a baseline of this is what we're going to provide no matter what. Then you have the operating or you, the next tiers of financial stability, growth, success of the company and tie those to the next benefit uh, that you want to implement. And this could be completely different for your industry, for your, your own geographic area, for your, your own, the way you want to run your business. Um, you may want to put uh, uh, profit sharing much higher on the list, let's say, or, or your 401k match much higher on the list. Uh, it's just, that's completely up to you. The idea is to create a, a, a visible pathway and criteria that can help you manage your business, but also help your employees see how they can help get to where they're going to get something more back from the company. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about my keys. Um, obviously the blue is the active benefits, the things that under these conditions, these are what we're going to offer. Um, inactive benefits are the gray. The orange is what I call a conditional benefit. And that means that they're, uh, benefits that would only be, uh, offered under certain specific conditions. In this case, profit sharing is only available if you're profitable, right? And that's a whole Profit sharing itself is actually a fairly complicated uh, topic, and uh, maybe someday I'll do a podcast about that because it isn't very simple. There's you can't just say, "Okay, we made a thousand dollars in profit this month. I'm going to split it over my five employees, and I'm done." Um, there are specific rules about what you can call profit sharing and uh, and reasons that you have to do that. So. That's one thing I wanted to touch on. Um, I, I'm a strong believer in profit sharing, but it is something you have to be familiar with and understand before you implement it. Um, there's some other ideas down here about uh, benefits. It, you know, th I put these down actually for my own reference, uh, but you know, there's there's tons and tons of benefit ideas out there. You can you can do a Google search and find all kinds of things that people are offering. Um, in the case of what I've got here, educational reimbursement, patent awards. So if the, um, if you have an employee that develops a technology that actually gets awarded a patent, um, uh, and the company's going to benefit from that. So you offer them some kind of, uh, monetary reward for that. That's fairly, I, I, it's fairly common in the tech companies that I've been familiar with. So, you know, if you're in the tech industry or you're moving into a, a, a technical, or a technological industry where uh, you're going to be competing with some of those other companies, that's probably something you might want to think about. Uh, time and service bonuses, paid parental leave, that's uh, something that a lot of people are talking about these days. Uh, remote work and flexible work schedules, uh, you know, there's there's news about that that, that uh, maybe we'll cover another time. Gym membership and, and or a fitness center is also something that people talk about. So, 
that kind of gets us through. Uh, let's get rid of get rid of the screen share there, and go back to my notes. All right, so uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you might face. Um, after we've seen that example and we say, okay, we're going to start to put something together for our team. What are challenges that you might come across and what do we do about them? So uh, the first thing is if this is going to be effective, it has to be documented, documented, and it has to get implemented. So that means that once you share this with your team, you can't just get up in front of a group of people and say, Hey, I know we don't have everything, but if you'll just stick around and work hard, eventually we'll have something. Um, that's not going to be super motivational. Um, even if you're the best speaker in the world, that's going to fall flat two or three weeks down the road when you're not all in the same room and people are comparing their jobs to uh, uh, another established company or a startup with a, a more forward-thinking program. You have to document it and you have to publish it. It has to be transparent. You have to, I, I don't care if you put it on the wall of your conference room or over the coffee pot, but you have to be able, the employees have to have regular access to it so that they can see it. And it would be a good idea to share the status of the company on a regular basis with, with in, in regard to that particular program. So that's the first thing is document it and implement it. Um, and, and obviously when you reach your goal, you need to honor that commitment and do the next, uh, benefit thing, whatever, whatever it happens to be. Um, absolutely consult with an HR professional when you're designing a benefits package. There is a lot more to this than simply write down that you want to have PTO and a 401k and, and then say, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to put that on Steve's spreadsheet and I'm, I'm done. There are legal issues. There are best practices. There are things that can help you avoid trouble. There are things that you can do that will get you into trouble. All of those things an HR professional can help you with. So I would strongly encourage you to go ahead and, and get, you know, put some notes down, get some idea of what you want to do, and then sit down with a, with a, an HR representative. And there are usually HR reps you know, that are consulting or uh, maybe business groups that can help with that uh, and get you set on a path that will succeed. Um, and then review the criteria with financial experts so you're not overburdening your company. You're not putting uh, so much of your capital or committing so much of your resources to a long-term benefits package that it's unworkable or unmanageable in the future. You want it to be something that you can continue and be happy to do as long as those criteria are, are met. Um, a few things to watch out for. Uh, I, I said it once, document it and implement it. Employees watch what you do. And they're going to watch if you, if you ask them to commit to you based on this promise, they're going to be watching what you do when you, when you hit those measured goals. So, you know, that I can't say it enough, document it and implement it. Um, only add benefits that you can commit to, not only financially, but personally. Um, that don't go on the internet, find the top 20 benefits that some internet website author thought were important and say, okay, these are the ones I have to do. They're not. They're just 
ideas that somebody had, you don't, and, and in many cases, if it's on the internet, you have no idea how to vet that. I mean, how do you know that companies actually, or that employees actually value those things? They might sound like good ideas and maybe some of them are, and I'm not discounting that. It's a great way to get ideas, but, but you have to also, um, do things that you can commit to as a business owner and as a person. So, um, only commit to benefits that, that, uh, or only add benefits that you can commit to, uh, add benefits that are employee that are relevant to your employee pool. Um, and my example here is adding a fitness center when you're most likely expecting all of your, or most of your, uh, employees to be remote workers, having a fitness center in your headquarters might not be a super motivating thing. It might not be a bad idea, but it isn't going to motivate your, the team that you're trying to build if it's not going to affect them. So that's, uh, that's another one. Only add benefits that are relevant to your employee pool. Um, be clear, be very clear about what benefit is going to be included and equally or more clear about the criteria that you're going to use to establish that benefit in your business. Very important to be clear on both sides. What's the benefit going to be and what are the criteria to get there? All right. Um, the, the last, uh, kind of, uh, thing to watch out for that I wanted to talk about is using time as a criteria. Um, it might be tempting to say, okay, we don't have, uh, a 401k today, but two years from now, we're going to put the 401k in place. When you do that, the assumption is that two years from now, the financial condition of the, co- the company is going to be something. And the assumption is that it's going to be something better than it is today and that it will support a 401k. It's much better to put a hard number on that and say, this is what we must have in order to implement this benefit. Okay. Um, so we don't want to say we'll do it after two years or, um, uh, or we'll do it quarterly or something like that. Use things that can be very concrete that have the, uh, a way of financially backing the benefit that you're trying to implement. So that's key. And then having said that things don't always have to be financial. There are examples where you could come up with a benefit that doesn't require a, a financial backing on the part of the company, direct financial backing. So let's say that um, once there are 12 people in the production area, we each get a floating month off. And the reason we can do that is because we have 12 people can cover the workload for one day if one person takes a day off. So yes, the company is covering that expense um, in in uh, shared work or whatever, but it does uh, it doesn't have a direct cash impact. And so that's possible, but you have to understand what what the production capacity is and how much 11 people can do versus 12 people, you have to understand your business. And so I'm not saying that, that you can't ever have a non-financial criteria, but, but it is really important to understand the business impact of those non-financial criteria, because ultimately everything does hit the finances, whether it hits revenue or expense. Um, it always hits somewhere at some point. All right. So that's, that's 
the, an overview of creating a scaled benefits package uh, uh, that includes criteria to add benefits that we don't currently have as a business. Um, and kind of, we went through an example of the, the spreadsheet that I did and, um, talked about some of the things to watch out for and, and some actions to take, uh, to prevent the, the pitfalls. Um, if you don't have the benefits package that you want or that your employees expect, uh, go ahead and start creating one. I'll, I'll go ahead and put in the show notes for this episode, I will go ahead and put the, um, that, that spreadsheet as a template. It's not complicated, but it's there. So I, I, I might as well share it and you can go ahead and change it however you want, um, adjust it and, and use it for your own, your own work. Um, the show notes for this episode will be, uh, b50p.info forward slash UATTR031. Uh, when I get it up, it'll be a few, uh, probably a couple days before I get that all sorted, but, um, but that'll be there. And I will put a link to that in the show notes, uh, or in the, uh, podcast description as well. And, uh, if you're watching the live stream, uh, or a repeat of the live stream, I'll have it in the description for this show as well. So, uh, download the template and create your own pathway to, to having the benefits package that you want for your team, uh, and, and, you know, if you have an existing group, you can ask them, what benefits would you like that we don't have? Um, and kind of get a, a, an idea of what your, what your, uh, gaps are. Um, and then go ahead and put it together and start thinking about how do we implement this in a way that's meaningful to my team? Uh, and definitely, like I said, get some help, uh, get an HR expert to talk to you about how to implement HR benefits and it's always good to talk to a financial expert and look at, or other business owners that have been there and look at, you know, what are the risks of the kind of benefits that you're trying to implement in terms of the business risks, not the HR risks, because the only people I would trust with, with discussing the HR portion of it are HR professionals. Don't ask every other business owner what the HR issues are, because that's the blind leading the blind in a lot of cases. Um, so, uh, all right, so I committed to look at the, the chat here. Uh, we're early on in our live streaming program, so there are no comments and no questions. Just, that's just fine. Um, next week, we're going to talk about uh, growth and whether or not you need to worry about growing. If you're a small business owner, if you're a startup and, you're, and, you, and you have a product that you're going to launch, you've probably got a, a growth mindset. But if you're running a local business, what does growth mean to you? And do you have to worry about growth in the face of competition, in the face of innovation? What does that look like? So we'll talk about that next week. Um, I think that, oh, and what kind of growth? Yeah. What kind of growth should, should, should you strive for? All right. So if you've enjoyed this program, please subscribe to Beyond 50% to the YouTube channel. Um, and we do this weekly. I am going to do, I am shifting it, as I mentioned before, we're sh shifting it over to Thursdays. Um, you can find out more at beyond50percent.com and find the show notes for each episode. Uh, if you could use a hand developing and implementing your own scaled benefits program for your business, that's part of what we do please give us a call at uh, 970-218-2018 
or email at go.beyond at b50p.com. We'd love to talk to you. If you have any questions that, uh, if you weren't on the live stream, but you have a question that you want to ask about this topic, go ahead and put it in, uh, you can you can put it in the comments for the uh, YouTube video. We do monitor that feed, so uh, we, we'll, we'll pick up questions there. But you can also email us at q.a at b50p.com. And that goes with topic suggestions as well. So if we if we're if we haven't covered something that you find really interesting or do you think will really help your business, please go ahead and again q.a at b50p.com. Throw out those topic suggestions, and we'll we'll be happy to look at them. I'd like to thank you for watching today. Uh, your questions, comments, and, and suggestions are welcome. As I mentioned before, you can subscribe or listen to Up and to the Right uh, on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, all the regular podcatchers. I'm not going to go through them all. There's like 12 now or something, but there, there's a bunch. Um, and each episode is uh, on our show notes at beyond50percent.com. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's time to roll up my sleeves and get back to work. <laughs>